0: Scripture reading today is from Psalm 119. If you would follow along in your bulletin, please. Psalm 119, starting with verse 129. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on his servants and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. Uh, What I am doing today is just calling this an introduction to the Bible. I'm going to take 25 minutes because I do want us to spend time sitting around the Lord's table uh, just talking about uh, what we have in our Bible, what's in here, what, what, what kind of literature, what are the books mean. Um, you should know everything I say today. Uh, you might not know some of it. It should be familiar. Um, if you go to the next slide there. So, your Bible has two parts, right? We're going back to the basics. An Old Testament and a New Testament. Or an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. And uh, the Old Covenant uh, or the Old Testament goes from the years 1400 to 400. 1400 about the time of Moses to 400 is the time of Malachi, the last writer, and it covers from the creation all the way up to 400 B.C. And then you have a New Testament or a new covenant from the time of Jesus until the death of the last apostle, the apostle John. So it covers the birth of Jesus, which is 4 B.C., until the death of John, which is about 100 Uh, Where did we get the word Bible from? Biblos was the word for papyrus, and uh, it was the outer part of the papyrus in Egypt, and they would take that and they would make paper. So a biblos was a piece of paper or a book, so that's what your Bible means. Bible means book, (laughs) not something sacred. (laughs) Bible means book. But it's interesting that they think they think that Christians are the first ones to use books. Christians loved books, and uh, they called them codexes. And what happened is they had a number of scrolls, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, which they then would put together, and they put it into a book. And uh, from the ancient world, Christians had more books than anybody else. In the 1st, 2nd century, well not the 1st century, 2nd, 3rd century AD, we have uh, a lot of books from Christians and hardly any from the secular world. If you go to the next slide, Old Testament. In the Hebrew Bible, they think of it three ways. You have the Torah, the Nevi'im, the, the prophets, and the Kethuvim, the writings, and uh, they call that the Tanakh. That's, what, that's the, what the Hebrew name for a Bible is. The Tanakh, T-N-K, for Torah, Nevi'im, Nevi'im, Kethavim. And you can see Jesus even referring to this kind of a setup. Matthew 5.17, I have not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. Or in Luke 24, Jesus took after his resurrection, he took everything written about him in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms, they had to be fulfilled. Three parts to the Hebrew Bible. Let's go to the next slide. So what are in these parts? Now we're still thinking of the Hebrew Bible and the way they think of their, their, their sacred scriptures. First of all, there's the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Written by Moses. And um, some of that is portrayed as God talking directly to Moses. The book of Leviticus starts, And God called to Moses from the tent of meeting. And he said to him, almost like a verbatim type thing. Most of it is not verbatim from God though. Moses writes down his experiences or he writes down maybe what God told him or he writes down history that he had uh, in Genesis and Exodus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Uh, The prophets are divided into two sections, the former prophets and the latter prophets. The former prophets, you would think of of his historical books. They would include Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. Those are the former prophets. Called that because they're written by prophets. And then you have the latter prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Then you have the writings. The writings are written by non-prophets. The Psalms are written by a lot of them written by David and Asaph and a number of other individuals write the Psalms. They're not prophets. Job, we don't know who writes Job, a wise man, maybe Solomon. Proverbs, obviously, written by Solomon. He's not a prophet. King Lemuel, he writes a chapter in Proverbs. He's not a prophet. He's a king. Um Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, also written by Solomon. Lamentations is written by Jeremiah, but they put it in the writings. Esther, we don't know who writes Esther. Probably someone like uh, Ezra. Then you have Daniel, not a prophet. Uh, Ezra and Nehemiah, also not prophets. One is a priest and uh, one is a government official. And then finally Chronicles. And it's interesting their Chronicles is uh, not put with the prophets. It's written later. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, Josephus says that there are 22 books of the Hebrew Bible. 22 books corresponding to 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And I think the way he comes up with 22, this is what other people think, is Ruth is joined to Judges. Ruth takes place during the time period of the Judges. Lamentations is joined with Jeremiah. Lamentations is a book that Jeremiah writes as he watches Jerusalem be destroyed. And he writes about how terrible it is. The twelve minor prophets are called one book. They just call it the twelve. Ezra and Nehemiah are joined together as one book. And then all the first and seconds are joined together as one book. If you go to the next slide. So in our English Bible, we have 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament for a total of 66. You probably knew the number better than you could do the bath. (laughs) At least that would be my case. I know there's 66 books, 39 and 27. That would take me a long time to add that up. Uh, The Old Testament is about... uh, three times as long as the New Testament. If you go to the next slide, this is what you have in your English Bible, okay? and it's arranged topically. So you have five books of the law, the five books of Moses. Then you have 12 historical books running pretty much in historical chronological order. Then you have wisdom or poetry books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Then you have five major prophets. They call them major just because they have longer books, not because they're better prophets. They just had more to say. Um, some of them, like Jeremiah and Isaiah, were simply long-winded preachers. And if you know any preachers, they can talk forever about very little things. Uh Major Prophets, five books. That includes Lamentations, by the way. So Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Then finally the Minor Prophets, uh, 12 books. Before I move on, when you pick up your Bible, there is all kinds of literature in your Bible. It makes it hard to read. So for instance, it's easy to read narrative, storytelling, It's easy to read narrative, so we love reading Genesis. Or it's fun to read First and Second Samuel. Uh, We also have legal material in here. It's not fun reading legal material, (laughs) right? That'll put you to sleep, (laughs) right? If somebody steals your cow and you have to do this and you have to repay them, like you're going, oh man, this is killing me here. (laughs) Or, or some of the legal material, how to make a priest. How, like, that, that's, it seems so boring. Um, so there's legal material in here. There's also poetry in your Bible. And uh, poetry is also difficult to read. And the reasons why it's so difficult to read is because we want to read it like narrative. You want to read it like a story. I want to cover 20 pages. And I want to find out that the guy gets killed in the end, right? That's a story. I want to get some resolution to the story and I want it to move quickly. Poetry's not like that. Poet- poetry's dense and you have to read it slowly and you have to let it unpack and let the emotion unpack and form the verbal pictures in your mind so you have to read it very slow and take your time and think about it and enjoy it. Kind of like smell the roses as you read the poetry. And uh, so in a modern translation, the advantage of a modern translation, like the NIV, most modern translations, is they show you what is poetry. The problem, one of the major problems I have with the King James Bible, is it doesn't show you where the poetry is. It writes the poetry just as if it's writing narrative. Uh, It's nice to know when you're reading poetry, then you can take your time. Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. And you almost have to stop and think about that for a little while. If God is if the Lord's my shepherd and he's taking care of me, what 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 wants and needs will I have? He's going to help me. And uh, you just have to let that sit and think about what it's like to be a little sheep and have a shepherd taking care of you. And uh, that's poetry. Um, there is also in your Bible, letters. A number of the New Testament is letters. Paul writing a letter to a church or to an individual. And so it's kind of like you're seeing some inside scoop on some inside things. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the New Testament is letters. There is also some biography, that's what we would call the Gospels, kind of a spiritual biography, taking things that are spiritually important from the life of Jesus and putting it down on paper. And uh, there is also apocalyptic. And apocalyptic literature uses symbols and numbers to convey truth. Uh, For instance, If you pick up your book of Revelation, you will find that it is written to seven churches. And that there are seven spirits. And there are seven angels. And there are seven seals. And there are seven trumpets. And there are seven bowls. And he uses numbers to say something significant. This is kind of like the full picture. This is what God is doing in the world. And so you have to use symbols and numbers to interpret. If you go to the next slide. New Testament layout. When you pick up your New Testament, here's what you've got. First of all, you've got four Gospels. Matthew, Luke, and John. Okay? Then you have Acts, which is part two of Luke. Luke writes Luke and Acts, and Acts is part two. And uh, it is the ongoing works of Jesus after he is raised from the dead. And uh, tells the story of the early church. Uh, Then you have 21 epistles or 21 letters. And they are in this order. First of all, there are 13 Pauline epistles. Then there is Hebrews. Then there are seven general epistles written by a number of different other people. And it's interesting where Hebrews is because Hebrews might be Paul and it might be a close associate of Paul. And so it's kind of put in between. And then finally you have the book of Revelation. Okay, go to the next slide. The New Testament is not written chronologically as to when it's written. What's the fir- what's the first New Testament book to be written? Okay, Galatians. Thank you. Not Matthew. <laughs> in fact, Paul writes all of his epistles before any of the Gospels are written, right? Now, we don't think it, like, you, you You pick up your New Testament, you go, okay, Matthew writes first, then Mark writes, then Luke, and then John. Paul writes all of his material first, and if you think about it, it as he writes Galatians in about 50 AD, 20, 17 to 20 years after the death of Jesus, And on that first missionary journey that Paul goes on and then writes back to those churches, the book of Galatians, on that first journey, who goes with him? Barnabas and Mark. Mark gets halfway through and quits. (laughs) Right? He quits. He's not writing a gospel. Right? It's hard to know if he's going to stay in the ministry or not. He he can't he can't take it. He can't take being a missionary. And so he gives up. But later on in Paul's career, when Paul's in prison, he wants to see Mark. And he looks forward to seeing Mark. And I think at that it's at that kind of time that's when Mark starts to write his gospel. So in the sixties, Mark writes his gospel. Mark is considered to be the first gospel. Scholars think that Matthew and Luke have Mark in front of them when they write their gospels. By the way, Luke is also another traveling companion of Paul. And he joins Paul about in uh, journey number two, and he's with him for part of that journey. And uh, he will later write uh, Luke and Acts. Okay, so that's important for you to understand, right? Okay, Paul writes first, and then we get Gospels, and I think the Gospel writers write because they start to think, wait just a second, all of us who knew Jesus and saw Jesus, we're all dying. We've got to put this down on paper, or else it's going to be lost. And I think at first the disciples thought, at first, we're going to all be alive to see Jesus return. We don't have to write this stuff down. (laughs) We'll just go around telling people. And then they start getting knocked off one by one. And then you go, hey, somebody needs to write down the life of Jesus from those who heard it and saw it. Uh, Finally, Revelation is the final book that is written, written from the Isle of Patmos, uh, in the Mediterranean Sea where John has been exiled by the Roman government. And there he writes the final book of the New Testament in the 90s. if you go to the next slide. One of the things I love about uh, the Bible is we have 40 different writers over 1,600 years. Um, this is not like the Koran, right? The Koran is one writer. It's not like the Book of Mormon. One writer. Uh, It's always dangerous when it's just down to one person. Uh, We have a wonderful collection from 40 different people from all kinds of different countries, all kinds of different backgrounds, writing things that God told them or God showed them or their relationship with God. And some of what's in here is not even God telling them. It is reflecting great things back to God. That's the Psalms, right? The Psalms is, some of it's David's prayers. And he takes his prayers to God, and he writes them down so we can see how to pray, see how to worship God. Uh, Tremendous unity in diversity, and uh, it's one of the strengths, I think, of the Bible. It's not one person. Uh, it's not, uh, this is uh, across a large swath of time. let go to the next slide. So then this question is, why these 66 books? Why not 65 books? Why not 67 or 68 or 69? Now, by the way, this, this is a hard question to answer. And uh, I would need five hours to talk about it. And I have three minutes. <laughs> so you're getting the three-minute version Okay, go to the next slide. I've already quoted this. So first of all, as we think about the Old Testament, why do we accept the Old Testament? It's because of things that Jesus says about it. So Jesus says this, this is what I told you, I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. It seems like Jesus says, yes, these things are true. They are talking about me. If you go to the next slide. Or in Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount. Do not think I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And there's Jesus saying, it's all true. Right? Now, he's, now here he's talking about the Old Testament. Let's go to the next slide. First Peter chapter 1. Print's getting small up there. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing, when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. So he's saying that's what the prophets were thinking about and writing about writing about this coming suffering of the Messiah and the glories that he would bring in. It was revealed to them they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. I love that last little part. Angels love this, he's saying. And they like to look in the Word of God to learn about these wonderful things that God is doing for humanity. Even angels love to look into this. If you go to the next slide. Next week, we are talking about this passage. Uh, This week, um, what do we have in the Bible? Next week, what does it do for you? And the third week, how are we going to use it? So notice what it does for you. go to the next slide the new testament canon so what is what is the bible what is the word of god what is it that god wants us to know the key determination is whether they are one of the apostles of Jesus Christ or a writer with close association to an apostle so matthew is an apostle john's an apostle first second third john written by an apostle revelation written by an apostle john first and second peter he's an apostle James is a brother of Jesus. Jude is a brother of Jesus. Paul is an apostle, writes 13 letters. The other four writers then are Mark, a traveling companion of Paul, and a disciple of Peter. Luke and Acts, a traveling companion of Paul, and the book of Hebrews, maybe written by Paul or a close associate of Paul. Let's go to the next slide. Um, john fourteen twenty six Jesus says to his disciples, "The Holy Spirit will teach you all things, remind you of everything I have said to you." Finally, if we go to the next slide, we're going to end with this. Common misunderstanding among us among Christians is we think, okay, if the last book was written in ninety, book of Revelation then by 100 we had the bible that, that's that's kind of that, you know, that's that's the modern mindset right so if john wrote the last book of the bible in 95 then by 100 we have a new testament and we have a bible that's not the way it works or it's not the way it worked it took years right all of these books circulated separately They were joined together in packages. Uh, I know we have manuscripts from like 200 that have all of Paul's epistles, but they don't have any Gospels. That's Papyrus 46, P46, from 200. It's got all Paul's epistles, but it doesn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, By the way, those were huge books to put all those together. So the very first person who starts talking about lists of books is 140 A.D. Marcion talks about 10 of Paul's letters in Luke. Tatian, I I think Tatian is a, uh, he's from eastern Iraq, a church father who is, um, I think he's a Chaldean. And he, he writes a diatessaron, and he puts together the four gospels. And then there is a muratorian canon, and it has all of the New Testament except for those four or five books I've got there. Notice the first person to give us the list of the New Testament books is 367, Athanasius. And sometimes we're blown away by that. This is part of the ancient world, right? You don't. It's hard when you're making hand copies of things. Um, books are expensive. Uh, scrolls are expensive, and uh, in your lifetime you might never read all of them. Uh, That was true even in Luther's day. He was in university before he could see the Old Testament um, in the ancient world. Uh, So that was just, this is for your background. Uh, that's That's what's in your Bible. Now this is, everything I've told you today is common knowledge. I think every Christian should know it. This is not new or unusual stuff, I'm telling you. You should know where this came from, how it was put together. That's what we're talking about today. Let's close with a word of prayer.